Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the 28th day of November 2014. And today we're reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, Build Story. We are on page 15, and we'll be starting with the paragraph, the second paragraph we commenced. And today's readers are... 12 Steps, Naomi, 12 Traditions, Penny C, and then Janice M, Deanna B, Anita L. And the share ID for yesterday, Thursday, the 27th day of November is 7068, 7068. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Naomi B. to please read the 12 steps. Thank you, Monica. Thank you for your service. And good morning, visionaries. The 12 steps. Step 1. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. 2. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. 3. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God, <clears throat> excuse me, as we understood Him. 4. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. 5. Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. 6. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. Humbly ask Him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made a direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we are, we've tried to carry this, these message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi. It helps if I unmute. <laughs> and I will now ask Penny C. to please read the 12 Traditions. Thank you, Monica. My name is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive reader in Massachusetts. 
One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, as OA, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related fa- facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Penny. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, Bill's Story. We are on page 15 on the second paragraph that begins, We Commenced. And I will ask Janice M. to please read for us. Well, thank you, Monica, and thank you, everyone. My name is Janice M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. We commenced to make many fast friends, and a fellowship has grown up among us of which it is a wonderful thing to feel a part. The joy of living 
we really have, even under pressure and difficulty. I have seen hundreds of families set their feet in the path that really goes somewhere, have seen the most impossible domestic situations righted, feuds and bitterness of all sorts wiped out. I have seen men come out of asylums and resume a vital place in the lives of their families and communities. Business and professional men have regained their standing. There is scarcely any form of trouble and misery which has not been overcome among us. In one western city, it's Enverance, there are thousands of us and our families. We meet frequently so that newcomers may find the fellowship they seek. At these informal gatherings, one may often see from 50 to 200 persons. We are growing in numbers and power. And, of course, we know this was written in 1939, and the asterisk in my book says, in 2009, AA is composed of over 116,000 groups. Wow. And, um, yeah. And this is because... Bill, who was recovered, set out to be selfless and help somebody else find a solution like he did for alcoholism. And this is today going on with me and with many of us on the phone, how we, you know, who are recovering or have recovered, have found very many friends. And this is how the fellowship has grown and has given me beside, of course, the book, um, uh, Recovery. Well, the joy of living. The, 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 the fellowship gives us support, but it doesn't give us recovery. But we have seen, I have seen, I have experienced people on this line, in my own home, a transformation which will happen. It's guaranteed when we implement these steps. This is a joy of living. Uh, truly, I can say a joyful living, and I've lived many years. And I've, been, I've endured, you know, under loneliness, under bereavement, out of, out of money, out of family problems, out of sickness. Um, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I've, I've seen it. I've experienced it, and so hasn't he. I mean, the most impossible domestic situations, righted. Ditto. Feuds, ditto. Bitterness of all sorts wiped out, ditto, for me. Um, you know, this is a design for living. And um, like I said, the support is this fellowship. I mean, I can be recovered and go my way and have my God and have the principles, but it wouldn't be. I need two. There's two parts. And this is, this is how AA grew by leaps and bounds because of recovery first, and then families reunited in communities. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. And would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Marcella. Marcella, you're up. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I want to focus on this line that it says, there is scarcely any form of trouble and misery which has not been overcome among us. I don't know if I said Marcella recovered. 
compulsive overeater, but I say no. So we're compulsive overeaters for the most part. And um, um, when I started coming to A Vision for You, I said, I wonder if people like me, I wonder if people have the same troubles with uh, five pounds of broccoli like I do. Um, So the expression of our addiction here, there is scarcely, I know now, because I talk to people in a vision for you, that there is scarcely any form of trouble and misery which has not been overcome among us. So whatever is whatever it is the expression of your compulsive overeater, if it's under reading, if it's volume, if it's texture, if it's a certain flavor, if if it's a certain substance, if it's like certain food behaviors which many of us share, um I strongly encourage all of us to lean in one another because there's a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience and a lot of wisdom. And um, on top of that, there's 50-plus experience in Noe as a whole. And and all the troubles, as it says right here, um, have been overcome among us. And um, we meet frequently so that newcomers can find the fellowship they crave. Um, that they seek. I didn't even know that I needed people because I was raised in a very religious family. So I never had the doubt of the the other, the creator. But I I guess I was raised to distrust people. And um, and I learned real well. And I kept practicing in my adult years. Now I believe in people. It's not that I don't believe in God. I still believe in God. But I believe in people. And, and and for my disease, for the expression of my, my addiction in, in compulsive overeating, I totally believe in a vision for you. And without that. Thank you, Marcella. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Sarah W. Sarah. Anybody else? Leah. Leah. This is Bella. Can I share? Bella. Okay, Bella. All right, I got Sarah, Leah, and Bella. Go ahead, Sarah. Thank you, Monica, for your service. Good morning. My name is Sarah W. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. Good to be sober and in my right mind today after Thanksgiving and had a beautiful Thanksgiving with my family. And, you know, it says we commence to make many friends and a fellowship has grown up uh, among us in which it is a wonderful thing to feel a part I always felt apart from, I always felt, you know, like out on the loop. You know, I, I was never like an inside crowd. And I feel, I really feel myself um, in, in our fellowship a part of. And one of the reasons is because I feel so strongly about the fact that I've been given this beautiful gift and I get to do service, um, whether it be in walking through the steps with somebody or, uh, being there for a phone call or, you know, saying the steps um, in a meeting or, you know, in, in my home group, I'm a treasurer. I mean, it's just like we we, t- we take part in things. And, of course, the, the next line of the joy of living we really have even under pressure and difficulty. And how beautiful that we are able to really be a part of life again. You know, that that the food isn't the foremost thing in my mind that the substances that have created havoc in my life and that my life that was always, you know, some kind of chaotic thing was always happening because it was always about what they did, what they weren't doing, what I didn't have, 
what I wanted from you. You know, I was never satisfied with what I had. And today, you know, I couldn't have even dreamed what my life is today. You know, I have, there are eight of us in the house right now. We had such a nice day yesterday. You know, I've had such struggles in my own family for so many years. And, you know, to to know that my mother was able to see me grow and blossom in this beautiful recovery program. And she was so happy about that, you know. And, um, you know, I guess the idea is that, you know, as was stated uh, by Marcella before me, you know, I get to really have relationships with people today. And because that was always what what all these issues I had was about, you know, yes, the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, but it was like I couldn't deal with life on life's terms, and that's what the food I thought was giving me. You know, I can numb out. I don't have to feel. I don't have to think. And today, I want to feel. I want to feel. Even if I have some sadness, I want to feel. That's what the human condition is. We feel. We get to be a part of, and, you know, um, the relationships I have are deep and meaningful. And before it was always, what can I get from you today? What can I give? How can I give it? What can I be? How can I be there for you in loving and healthy ways? What a gift. Thank you for your service, Monica, and everybody else. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sarah. Leah, you're up. Thanks so much, Monica. Hi, everybody. It's Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Uh, some very powerful lines, you know, in this paragraph that describes how, uh, you know, AA was growing by leaps and bounds and what was the attraction here, you know, what what set this thing on fire? What set this thing on fire was, uh, you know, these men and women who had recovered, who had been rehabilitated, whose lives had been restored. This was not just a temporary respite of a little bit of sobriety. This was men and women uh, getting sober, staying sober. Their families were being reunited, and their lives were being transformed as a result of these steps. Uh, You know, they, they were being changed. They were not what they used to be. They were born again, essentially, not in their bodies physically, obviously, uh, although their health was restored, but in their mind, their personality change was sufficient to bring about recovery. So old ideas, emotions, and attitudes that they had when they arrived, when they crawled in out of the gutter, uh, had been cast aside, and a whole new set of ideas, emotions, and attitudes began to dominate them. You know, I look at that statement, I have seen men men come out of asylums and resume a vital place in the lives of their families and communities. This spiritual awakening that the men and women were experiencing were changing them. So now these men and women had the capacity to live their lives as an expression of God's will, and that's exactly what was happening. Their eyes were opening with wonder as they moved from darkness to light. Their lives were being filled with new purpose and meaning. Their families were being reassembled. The uh, alcoholic outcast was being received in his community, and he was giving back to his community in full citizenship. And above all, these people were awakening to the presence of a loving God deep within them. 
And they were uh, giving of themselves. You know, they had a personality change, and this was attractive. And this has been my experience in working with others and in being part of home groups, watching people's lives be restored and transformed. And how does that occur? It occurs through this experience of the implementation of these steps and where each individual finds a higher power uh, that they can uh, trust, rely, and depend on. So the secret of these 12 steps and the reason why it's so attractive is that it effectuates such a dramatic change in personality, in character, and in people's values. And so this was much more than just sobriety. This was recovered. So more than just a simple elimination of alcohol was going on here. This was wholeness and soundness and a renewed life, a life that was uh, free. For the first time, these men and women were walking this planet free, and they were ready to give back, and that was attractive. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Bella, you're up. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I'm a thankful recover compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. The joy of living we really have, even under pressure and difficulty, Yes, now thank God that I'm in the program. I live, I live with enjoyment. Before the program, I didn't live, forget about to, ha- to enjoy life. I didn't live. I was under the supervision of my ego. And yes, I was very much scared and afraid from pressure and difficulty because it shows it was a mirror of myself. Pressure, so it means that it's better not to be with other people because other people only make me nervous and angry and upset and disappointed. They don't listen to me. They behave not the right way, and I cannot change them. And difficulty, yes, maybe because I am not smart, maybe because I don't have the willpower, maybe because I didn't listen to people, to their advices. So I was pressure, I was scared, I was lonely and alone. I didn't live, completely not. Now, thank God that I'm in the program, I am connected to the higher power. Yes, there is a higher power, higher than myself, and this higher power is a loving, accepting power, and I am not alone, I am never alone, and, you know, yes, you know, life is sometimes pressure, and sometimes some situations are difficult, yes, but thank God I live a fear-free person because I know that I am not alone and I know that I don't have to please people anymore. I don't need their approval. And when it's hard and difficult, and yes, I do have a challenge, I learn to pause, to stop, and to say, wait a minute, Bella, who is directing you? Which power you want Who is the power? Wait a minute, Bella. Which character defect is directing you now? What do you think the message that God wants you to give over, to pass over? I am not afraid. I am not scared. I 
I can face reality without feeling fear and I'm not scared. Yes, today I can enjoy life with pressure and challenges. I am not alone. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Anita L. Anita? Did I hear someone else? Uh, Carolyn from New York. Carolyn, you're very faint, Carolyn. Anita, Carolyn, um, did I hear Mike? Yes, Mike. Mike, okay, and I heard one other person, I think. Basta. Okay, Anita L., Carolyn, Mike, and Vasa. Anita, you're up. Okay, thank you, Monica. Thanks, everybody. Uh, This is Anita L. from Philadelphia, recovered today. Yay, the day after Thanksgiving. can still say I'm recovered. Uh, I wanted to share on two things. One is I have seen men come out of asylums and um, resume a vital place in their li- in the lives of their families and communities. And I shared this once before that uh, four years ago um, I moved into my home and uh, had a difficult time adjusting and went into a deep depression where I stayed in bed for days didn't take a shower, didn't get dressed, uh, rarely went out. And today, you, my husband, when he looked at, my ca- at the calendar with uh, all the commitments, all the meetings, all the people I sponsor written on it so that I can keep everything straight, there's not an empty space to be seen. My life is so full today. And it's all because I was willing and I finally said, enough is enough. I'm ready. I am ready to surrender it all. The food is not important anymore. I am not living life. I'm dead, basically, in a a shell of a person. And um, I was grateful to find a... A sponsor at that point, she introduced me to a vision for you, and that just really awakened my body to how this program really works. And um, I'm so grateful because I've been in OA going to face-to-face meetings. I was going at that point for 35 years, and I had recovery, yes, and I had inner peace and serenity, yes. And today, I just have a deeper, it's it's hard to put into words, but the, all of us out there on the line who have experienced it know this willingness, this commitment, this love for myself to really want to be free. And today I am freed from the obsession from food. And last night I had no problem, no problem whatsoever uh, with, with food at a Thanksgiving meal because the food's neutral today because I lo- love my life too much. And the other thing I wanted to say, the joy of living we really have, even under pressure and difficulty. Well, there's my time. So I just wanted to say that I've experienced it. And the fellowship 
came and supported me and helped me through a very difficult time. And I am truly grateful that God helped me to be one of the chosen few who have found the 12-step program of recovery. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Anita L. Carolyn, you're up. Thank you so much, um, everyone. This is Carolyn S. from New York, a recovering compulsive overeater. Um, unfortunately, no longer recovered. Uh, today's day six, but it's, it was uh, very much of a gift because it was a very short relapse um, with no enjoyment and, thank God, a very clean, relatively easy comeback. Um, we have seen the most impossible domestic situations righted. This so is so true for me. Um, my husband and I have been married for 24 years, and we were together for four years before that. So I've actually been with him more than half my life. And, um, you know, we, we had many good years before we had children. Uh, we had them seven years into our marriage because we married young. Um, and then we had a lot of stress when the kids were little, um, a lot of issues. Uh, now we have different stresses. They're teenagers. They're about to go to college. Um, we have a lot of financial problems. So I mean, and and part of this has been, you know, our, our growing distant from each other. And um, we haven't been intimate in many years now. And I I went to a retreat, uh, or actually uh, the OA convention recently, and I went to a wonderful uh, workshop about um, intimacy and. I said there that, you know, um, that I realized how much of a part I had in that, and I decided to try to change. And, um, you know, I, I did uh, try with my husband. I mean, we're not there yet, but, but we're working on it. And this, this comes from a place where I was about to get a divorce, and I'd already contacted friends who had been divorced. I uh, was in touch with a group support therapy. Uh, I'd left a message for a divorce counselor. Um, so I went from that place of... You know, I hate this man. I can't stand to be with him for another second. I actually told him I wanted a separate bedroom um, to a place where I really appreciate him today. You know, and, and it's, it's like it says in one of the stories, you know, we have a magnifying glass. And the more we concentrate on the defects in our partner, the more we see them and vice versa. So suddenly my husband is becoming more and more the man I married. And it's like, wow, I kind of like you. <laughs> um so there is scarcely any form of trouble and misery which has not been overcome. And um, I, I feel like that's absolutely true in, in, my, in my family today. Um, and, and finally, we are growing in number and power. And power um, to, to help other you know, compulsive overeaters, but also power um, through God and through the miracles he does in our lives. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Carolyn. Mike, you're up. Star one to unmute, Mike. Uh, hello, this is Mike. Thank you for, for all your service. Uh, I am from Miami, Florida, in Carl Gables. I have been a program person for about 10 or 11 years, and I was fortunate to get the message quickly as far as abstinence and food and physical aspect of the program rather quickly, and I maintained uh, about a 30-pound loss, uh, oh, I'd say eight, nine years. Uh, but what what strikes me about this, to me, the most important part of this program for me is the fellowship. I have had some 
really adverse uh, situations happen to me. A, a loss of a spouse of many years, and who was a program person. And one of my fears was that I would lose those people in program who were close to her, like her sponsor and her friends, but it's not the case. They've all came around me, and I still maintain those relationships uh, uh, daily on the telephone. And But what, what's been happening to me lately is my spirituality is growing. Uh, I'm learning how to turn it over and to accept God in my life. And my joy of living uh, has really been improving by leaps and bounds. Well, yesterday I had a Thanksgiving dinner with, at my daughter's house, and there was a period of time that we didn't speak to each other for 10 or 11 years. And program taught me how to breach that gap, and, and I'll be forever grateful to it. And uh, thank you very much for allowing me to speak, and I'll pass. Thank you, Mike. Vasa, you're up. Yes, thank you, Monica. Thank you for your service. And I'm Vasa O, recovered compulsive reader calling from Florida. I, I love this paragraph, but I'm just so, so grateful that um, uh, that God had, that I was chosen one of the people, one of the food addicts to come to the program, and it saved my life. I would be dead today. I don't know what I would be today. But again, I, I, I have seen the transformation in myself first, and other people started seeing it. I mean, they would say to me, you look different. There's something about you, like some of my friends. And, um, you know, gradually, little by little, I started telling them what I was doing. And I've also seen the transformations in other people's lives, you know, that do come to the programs and they really stick with the programs. I was raised in a home to trust, not to trust people and to be afraid out there in the world, you know, uh, fear of people, places, and things. And what uh, my experience, I had, I was more hurt living in a home like I did with full of addicts, you know, unrecovered addicts. There was a lot of pain, a lot of suffering there. And you know what? If I was not in recovery, I would be inflicting that pain on my kids and my husband and probably other people. So I'm just so grateful for my recovery. And this has been, you know, it's a slow recovery. Yes, I was saved from the food addiction. What a freedom, you know. But the recovery is in the steps, one step at a time. And that's why I kept on hearing, one step at a time. But I, it's the joy of living I've never experienced before. And I remember saying to God, God, why didn't you bring in this program, you know, a long time ago? Why did I have to suffer with this pain, with the food addiction? Well, I probably wouldn't have been ready. You know, I wouldn't have been ready. I needed to suffer more, you know and to be able to admit that I couldn't do it by myself, by my own will, by my own power. So I'm just so, so grateful. And I've seen the pain in others, and I still see it. I see it in my families. They know what I'm doing. I've introduced them to the program. 
it's not for them. And, to, you know, it's not for them. And some of my friends are saying, well, you've lost the weight. You're thin. Why do you still keep going there? Well, I've kept the weight off because I'm still, and I'm, I have the joyful, the peace life today that I have today because I am doing what I'm doing. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. And let's move on to the next paragraph. And Deanna, would you read for us uh, the next three paragraphs? Thank you. My name is Deanna B. I'm recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. Thank you for your service. An alcoholic in his cups is an unlovely creature. Our struggles with them are variously strenuous, comic, and tragic. One poor chap committed suicide in my home. He could not or would not see our way of life. There is, however, a vast amount of fun about it all. I suppose some would be shocked at our seemingly worldliness and levity, but just underneath there is a deadly earnestness. Faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. Most of us feel we need look no further for utopia. We have it with us right here and now. Each day, my friend's simple talk in our kitchen multiplies itself in a widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill to men. Bill W., co-founder of AA, died January 24, 1971. And I just want to take note that in my book, I have the third edition, uh, it says in 1990, AA is composed of approximately 88,000 groups. And somebody read before in 2009 how many. We just have grown so much. I am so grateful for the founders of Alcoholics Anonymous. I celebrated, I believe it was my first abstinent Thanksgiving yesterday. I've been in these rooms and in out of these rooms for 37 years next week. And I don't remember if I've had an abstinent. You know, I might have had been on a diet, or but I don't believe I've ever been in recovery, recovered. And it was probably one of the best Thanksgivings I've ever had. Uh, I listened to Vision for You first thing in the morning, talked to two people that I'm guiding, and I went to a special face-to-face meeting. And and where else could I do this? Uh, And I had my family over, and it was just wonderful. And I'm so grateful. My daughter got a little upset with me for not eating everything. But, you know, that's her issue, not mine. And today I can leave it and be with her and pray for her. Uh, One thing that it says... Um, faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. And on the previous page, it says, then if he did not work, he would surely drink again, and if he drank, he would surely die. I cannot forget that. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Deanna. And who would like to comment on what was read the last three pages? Patty, Melissa, Melissa, Kim. All right, let's go. Patty, Melissa, and Kim. Patty, you're up. 
Hi, my name is Patty, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from California. And I would like to talk about faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. And for me, it's, it's not enough to have faith. I have to actually go out and do the work. And I have to do it 24 hours a day. Um, I have to do the work, you know, on myself by doing my steps 10, 11, and 12. And then I have to do 12. I have to, you know, it has to be in me and it has to be through me, which means passing it on to someone else. Or I will perish. And, um, you know, the last sentence here, each day my friend's simple talk in our kitchen multiplies itself in a widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill to men. And um, that's exactly how I feel when I work with another. I think about Bill sitting at the table with Ebby and I realize that's what I'm doing. I'm sitting at a table with my sponsee passing on the word just like they did. And it is just incredible to think that you know, if Bill had made that one turn the other way, none of us would have this. It's just such an incredible and wonderful gift. And um, I am so grateful for this program and for this uh, meeting. And, um, and that's all. Thank you so much. Thank you. And was it Patty or Hattie? Patty. Patty, okay. <laughs> Melissa, you're up. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name's Melissa, and I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater. Um, I, too, wanted to share about the line that says faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. And where I'm at, I've been blessed um, with, with several years of abstinence in OA, and it's really made my life beautiful, so much so that this holiday yesterday is my favorite holiday of the year because it's focused on gratitude. And and for me, in the past, it was all about uh, food or days off or whatever. And today, my focus has shifted. And the other thing that's happened is um, I still have to work the program and be of service and follow the steps. And the top priority in my life, in my program right now, is continuing to really deepen and grow the spiritual aspect of this program. Um, Really learning, even after years in this program, to, to lean on my higher power, to turn to my higher power for things like comfort and solace and, you know, having my higher power there with me instead of turning to food or relationships or other kinds of things. And, you know, I I just pray, honestly, that I remain teachable and I continue to grow and I'm in spiritually in this program because I really believe, um, based on the sponsor that I have who's teaching me, that when I put my spiritual program and higher power first, everything else falls into place. I still have to take action, work the steps, and be of service. Um, But the spiritual aspect of this program is just critical for my continuing recovery and abstinence. And I love you all in a very special way, and thank you for being here in our path. Thank you, Melissa. And Kim, you're up. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. 
I suppose some would be shocked at our seeming worldliness and levity, but just underneath is a deadly earnestness. You know, I heard this saying years ago that in a, <clears throat> excuse me, in AA they take the disease seriously and themselves lightly, and in OA we take ourselves seriously and the disease lightly. And I have to say that's that's kind of my experience. You know, many many meetings, the emphasis is more on relapse. You know, in my humble opinion, we talk way too much about relapse. Because you know what, I'm a very, very good compulsive overeater. I really don't need to be taught better ways to compulsively overeat. What I need is a solution. What I need is to know, okay, now that I understand I have this disease, which for many years I didn't, I thought that food and weight was my problem, so all I did was try to address my food and my weight. And when I truly understood what I suffered from, which was important, then people told me the solution. How do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? That's the big thing. You know, so I like to think, just want to share with you some hope. You know, in the fall of 2010, my life was very unmanageable. I was in a relapse for probably about five years. I didn't even admit it. I would just say I was abstinent even though I was putting weight on because me and my sponsor discovered if you change your definition of, re- of abstinence, you can stay abstinence. I was you know, eating my binge food saying I was abstinent. My parents were driving me absolutely insane. I was so angry that I was single in my 40s and I owned this home and it was overwhelming paying all those bills by myself. I was finishing up grad school and I was so sick of school. I just wanted to get out of it. You know, my job was just absolute misery. I work in the auto industry and the, and the recession was out to get me and all people were getting laid off and I'm being taken advantage of. And my friends were just leaving me alone. They, they, I had my friends were dwindling because I was miserable. I was so busy with grad school, I didn't have time. And then I get hurt. I, I fall. I break my ankle. I, I'm bed bound for 11 weeks. I have, I find out from a phone meeting what I suffer from, and I walk through these steps in approximately six weeks. And I come out the other side three or four months later. And let me tell you how wonderful my parents are. They basically moved in with me in order to take care of me because I couldn't take care of myself. You know, I was suddenly excited about the fact that I was a single woman who was able to maintain my own home and pay my own bills. I was grateful to a school that let me put off my last classes but still let me walk in graduation and, and understood and I was creating my master's degree. How amazing was that? And I had a job that paid me full for those weeks that I was out, came back, everyone accommodated me because I couldn't walk properly, and I appreciated the fact that I do a job, not only that it pays my bills, but that I love. And my friends came around me and they helped me with whatever I needed. Now let me tell you, that sounds like a big transformation of my outside world, but it wasn't. When you walk through these steps and you have a spiritual experience, my outside world did not change at all. What changed is my experience with my outside world. That's what recovery can do. Disease is going to pull us down and down and down. But the recovery is going to lift us up, up, and up. Today, I am happy, I am joyous, and I am free, regardless of the circumstances around me. So that's why I can laugh at those things that happen. I can laugh at at, at my disease because I'm laughing at my dark past. It is no longer my present. And I think that's so important that we take this disease seriously and ourselves lightly, and spread that message in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? Chelsea? Hi, this is Rochelle. Chelsea, Rochelle. Okay, Chelsea, and then Rochelle. 
Thanks, Monica, and thank you for your service. I'm Chelsea. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater for today. And I just want to hone in on um, I have seen hundreds of families set their feet in a path that really goes somewhere. And also I want to um, speak to that line that uh, faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. And the reason why is because um, I, too, see that our fellowship is um, uh, usually involved with the problem. But one of the things that I meditate on and I try to really get clarity on, and for whatever reason, I've been graced to be able to feel that I have to meet these people where they're at. I'm where I am, and I'm so grateful and thankful, and every day is a day that I have to practice the principles in all my affairs, and that means in my rooms of OA. And a lot of the fellows in the rooms are frightened of the word recovered even. So what I have really been led to is to meet them where they're at with their literature. They study the OA commentary. So I was led to be sure that I could try to have people be comfortable when I'm talking to them instead of bristling at every word I say because they're not getting it. Yes, I know it. Yes, that is the way it's supposed to be. But the reality is that's not how it is. They use the literature. So I started marking their literature with my truth of the big book because I believe in this big book and I believe it is the way out. So I want to bring them to the book. So I do work with them through their OA 12 and 12, and I do try to be tolerant and loving that they need to be in the big book, but they're not. That's the reality. And oh, I could say it over and over and over again, but unless I actually kick in and try to do something to get a solution, the solution, the way out, these 12 steps. I heard um, Laurie say on one of the talks, not on um, our meeting, he talks on other meetings, and I heard him say, the 12 steps are the answer, but the method, people use different methods. He even shared that he knew of individuals, of individuals who used other methods. They still used the 12 steps, and they were just as recovered. They were just as um, spiritual. He even said some were even uh, more spiritual than he, who himself admits he's an agnostic bordering on atheist. So I am just so grateful because I'm going through a time where a parent is in the throes of dying, I've got my siblings. I'm from an evangelical family. We've had more prayer vigils. I haven't partaken of them, but I haven't complained about them. That would have been my old, old M.O. When I was face down in the food, everything bothered me. Everything troubled Nobody was doing what I wanted to do. I'm not running up to the nurses' stations demanding stuff for my parent. No. I am one of six siblings who is trying to see how can I be helpful to you guys today? What can I do? I am working with my fellowship. How can I be helpful? What can I do? I'm involved with my inner group. I'm taking the book to them when they keep on using a lot of other methods that are the problem. So I'm just so grateful to be on a path that's really going somewhere, not just giving lip service or pontificating about what I know. I'm actually trying to be useful to others and practice all 12 principles in all my affairs, and that includes doing sometimes what is uncomfortable even with my own program because my program is solid and it's not easily shaken by somebody else doing something different. So I'm just so grateful, and I'm so grateful for a vision for you for always providing truth and um, allowing people to also do the same. Thanks for letting me share, Monica, and thanks for your service again.
Thank you, Chelsea. And Rochelle, you're up. Oh my, my goodness, this is Rochelle in Baltimore, recovered food addict. Ah, oh, that was a lot to follow. I, I really don't know if I could do this justice, so I'm just going to do what I had in mind to do. I am so grateful to be recovered. And uh, when I read this, and I, I think it was Kim who shared before, I used to go to the supermarket, and, and nobody said hello, and everybody was kind of grim, you know. And uh, and then I, I got into program and got into um, Vision for You, and I noticed that when I go into the supermarket, people smile at me. And I suddenly realized, you know what, because I'm smiling at them, you know. And people I don't even know, they just smile at me, and I'm smiling back because I'm happy, you know. So um, it's amazing to me how just the same circumstances, the same, I should say, environment, and yet because I have a different point of view, um, it makes people's response to me a lot different. So, yeah, the joy of living, we really have it, even under pressure and difficulty. And that's part of the other solution that I have found, and that is situations which in the past would have sent me into the tailspin, which would have meant into the food. Today, even if they're difficult, and I, and I had one the other day, difficult, I now know what to do. You know, I reach out. There are people who advise me and because I now know I don't have to know everything. All I know have to know is the right people to contact. I, I know that I have to pause and I have to turn to God and ask for his direction. And and things that used to be difficult now are surmountable. And I recognize it's only because, for me, it's about being God's servant. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rochelle. And we have time for one more share. Would someone else like to comment? Judy F. Judy. Good morning. Go ahead, Judy. Hey, Monica. Good to hear you. This is Judy F. Composable Reader Recovered in Massachusetts. Uh, so much here in these three paragraphs. I wanted to um, just focus on it has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. And I, I think of yesterday... Um, my day, how it looked compared to uh, 24 years ago when I was in disease, uh, in misery, and it was all about the food. And I woke up, I, I had an hour I, I took with my higher power and um, just to get, you know, again, my head straight. Every morning I need to get my thoughts directed to his will and not my own and out of the fear and out of the selfishness of how I want my day to go. And then um, I made some calls out to um, OA people to wish them a thank- good, great Thanksgiving. And then as in my day, I took breaks to make calls. And, and I was just following God. And God, what's the next right thing? And, and to be of service to those around me. And one of the calls, um, the person was just about to make a 10-step call. And so I was able to hear her 10 step and we were able to pray together and and get back um on on the beam and that's what i how and in the end of the day i after um having a day of reaching out to my family um someone reached out to me and it was just a, such a full day and the food was just so much way over on the other side it, it was just my nutrition it, it wasn't about the food and and I could go to sleep with, with joy in my heart and thankfulness for another abstinent day and another day of peace. I have peace in my relationships today where oh, before there was so much angst, so much resentment and, and fear of people. And so 
today, and it was all just that, that day 23 and a half years ago when I surrendered and followed the directions, the directions in this book, the directions from my sponsor on putting the food down, how to do that, and how to live one day at a time, growing closer to God. And today I'm just so grateful to wake up and not have that remorse, that um, morbid reflection of the day before, of the night before, um, not the food hangover. I could meet the day, and it's another day of joy, abstinence, and dependence on God. And that's it has to be a dependent day on God so that I can be of service to others. And that is the most joy I get. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And we have reached the end of our time here, and thank you to everyone who has shared. And we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Anita L., could you read for us, please, from a vision for you? Sure. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.